I'm back. We're back. We're back together again. It's another episode of Plastic Science. I'm Eliza Brett, your host. This week, we're talking about ears. Now, you might not think plastic surgery when you think of ears. And if you don't, congratulations. You are one of the people for whom one's ears have never been problematic. I mean, they've been out of the way, in sight, but out of mind. Quietly doing their job at the side of your head, conducting sound waves into your skull. But plastic surgery to the ears is fairly commonly done. And it's done in cases where people hate how their ears stick out, or perhaps a birth defect, or for those who've had some type of trauma, like a dog mauling, or a car accident, for example. Big ears are really easy targets for mockery. People with big ears have been lampooned by society, by kids, and by cartoons and art too, for centuries. They've been satirised to convey slow, goofy. Barack Obama opened up about his time in school and how he was taunted for his ears. In fact, avoiding bullying is a major driver for bringing children in for plastic surgery. In Saskatchewan, Canada, in 2016, there was a school shooting in which four people died. A psychiatric report of the student shooter came back and showed that the main motivator for attacking the school came from being relentlessly bullied there for his large ears. Now, I'm thankful never to have had such a horrible, profound bullying experience. But my own ears were quite noticeable in school, and I got a few Dumbo comments here and there. Thanks to Disney for making a movie about a big-eared elephant and calling it Dumbo. In this movie, Dumbo's ears meant that he was ridiculed a lot, and the circus management made him into a clown for everyone to laugh at. Through all this embarrassment and ostracization, Dumbo's redemption came when he found he could use his ears to fly, which was, let me tell you, of little help to a 10-year-old human girl. That movie, Dumbo gets drunk halfway through that movie. I don't think people remember that. He drinks a barrel of champagne. Not to mention the racist depiction of black characters, the birds, one of whom was actually called Jim Crow. And at the end, instead of showing children the virtues of releasing animals back into the wild, Dumbo and his mother go on to stay captive in the circus industry. Don't get me started. I... We're going to leave Dumbo in the past for now. We're going to move on from Dumbo because if I don't, the 10 minutes will be up. Back on track. Plastic surgery can change a kid's life for the better. And it's time we focus on that. A surgical... That was my shoulder. <laughs> Did you hear that? A surgical pinning back of the ears is called an autoplasty. O-T-O-P-L-A-S-T-Y. The ear is a really phenomenal piece of biophysics. The outer ear is called a pinna, and the shape of them are hereditary. The different swirls and channels are not randomly made. Did you know that they are designed to amplify the sound waves that are at the pitch of a human voice? A sound that humans care about. The pinna structure can enhance the human voice over ambient noise like air conditioning or beeping. It's a built-in sound filter system. The autoplasty procedure is simple enough. It's basically the removal of a bit of skin at the back of the ear, then sewing up that gap. 
and the new tension pulls the pinna back, achieving the surgical goal. Sometimes, though, the ear simply doesn't develop while the baby is in utero, and whatever tissue does develop doesn't look like an ear. This congenital defect is called microtia. Anosia is the further step when no ear develops at all, and sometimes the ear canal is, can be closed over, meaning smooth surfaces at the sides of the head, which must be corrected. The pinna is very simply soft cartilage covered in skin. The thing about the ear is it doesn't need to do anything particularly, except develop properly and then exist. It's not muscular, it's not producing anything, it doesn't need to feel. And <laughs> although I can, I can hear the sex positive community coming over the hill for that comment, the ear doesn't need to feel. It may be an erogenous zone, but if you're making a decision with your surgeon, I would bet that that's not raised as a critical point. So if that's the case, couldn't a piece of plastic do the job? Yes, right. One of the options is just a total replacement of the ear with a prosthetic. The prosthetic has a screw where you can thread it in and out of the skull on and off as you please. And these prosthetic ears can look really, really good in that they just don't look unusual at all, which is what you'd hope because if humanity can turn Charlize Theron into Megyn Kelly in the 2019 movie Bombshell, we should have access to realistic looking ears. Another reconstruction option available to the surgeons is the harvesting and sculpting of cartilage taken from somewhere else in the body. Now this procedure is widely regarded as very, very difficult. It's the artistic side of plastic surgery, no doubt. Normally the surgeon takes cartilage from the ribs it's called costal cartilage and it's kind of soft enough to match the original ear because you can't lay your head down on a pillow on a hard ear. What happens is the surgeon removes cartilage from the ribcage and then whittles it into the shape of an ear. But at that point, it's still just cartilage and it needs to be covered in skin. So what they'll do is implant that cartilage ear under your skin in a place like the inner arm because the skin is soft there, with the goal to get the ear coated with arm skin. To be clear, there is basically an ear lying flat under your skin on your arm, and it looks exactly like you're imagining it right now. The inner arm is chosen because it's less hairy than the outer arm, and at the end of the day, the skin will become ear skin, and we, we just don't want it to be hairy. After a few weeks, when the skin has attached to the ear, the surgeon will come back, cut it from the arm and sew it to the head. The whole procedure is very difficult, not to mention the fact that there's a rather painful donor site, your rib cage, that needs healing. But your own cartilage is great. Autologous cartilage is great because it's technically not an implant, it's just a transplant. One bit of your body moved to another place and there's no immune reaction there. The implant can give a world of problems. So we're 3D printing everything these days. You'll be happy to know that in a world of 3D printed microscopic race cars, firearms and bikinis, we can print an ear. This ear would be just plastic, like a polymer. The trick is, it has to get coated in living skin, just like the cartilage. You might remember that picture of a lab test mouse that had an ear growing out of its back. Well, that was the experiment. It wasn't really growing out of its back at all. 
The Vacanti mouse of 1996 was a serious bit of controversy at the time. The picture of the mouse went as viral as an image could 25 years ago, and it spiked a wave of genetic engineering protests. The thing is, though, it wasn't genetic engineering at all. Rather, placement of a biodegradable plastic ear under the skin of a mouse. Now, I'm not extolling this particular mouse model at all, just saying that the complaints of genetic engineering were misplaced. Just to be clear. The thought of visiting 1996 and telling those same protesters that in 2021 we'd be injecting every human possible with viral coding RNA is a really freaky thought. What are we going to be injecting in 25 more years? <laughs> okay, so frequently the skin will take and will coat all of the curves and survive on the ear implant. But then the cells can do something called a foreign body reaction. This means that desmoplasia will occur, which is science for collagen secretion. The body will try to wall off the implant with collagen. This happens with breast implants too, actually, and dental implants and a load of other implants. There are other cells that get activated when there's a ton of collagen secreted and they're called myofibroblasts. They're basically skin cells that are muscular. So these cells flex their little muscle fibers and pull on the collagen. And the overall effect is that the skin totally contracts and just crumples up the ear polymer, leaving a misshaped ear and bringing everyone back to square one. So there you go. That's more than you'd ever bargain for hearing about ear reconstruction on a podcast. Did you know in China, large ears are seen as a sign of vitality? That people who have them are thought to be lucky with happy childhoods and successful adulthoods? Now, I don't know about that, but I have noticed personally that large ears are very helpful for the one-handed mask application these days. Little or no effort at all. The ear, you know, just so easily picks up the elastic bands on either side. Small victories, right? They have also allowed me to hear all your lovely feedback about this podcast and starting it. So thank you for telling me your opinions, for spreading the word and for tuning in. <laughs> I'll be back next week. Until then, be good, listen to others and temet noske, know thyself.